Hey dudes, how you doing? Yeah, not bad then. How you good, you? good man. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Just to uh, let you know, we've uh, we've gained control, and uh, I'm, ta- I'm taking it back. There's going to be no jingles. There's going to be yes. no on Farrell fan fiction. It's Excellent. it's not happening today. I feel like Jet Li unleashed. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yes. So, so are, are we going to do this? To be, well, are we doing the jingles? Do we have to do the jingles ourselves? Uh, well, I mean, we could. We could do a cappella versions. That could be good. No. No. Right. Well, I suppose we better go on with this, eh? Indeed, let's let's do rugby talk. Let's do rugby. Let's hit hit the credits. Um, hello and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast, uh, the only podcast that cares that all polar bears are apparently left-handed. Um, I, as you can clearly hear, am not your host, Cami Black, but uh, Cami has been um, mysteriously missing since last week's antics regarding Duke Donnelly, so um, I've I've had to volunteer to fill in for my sins, so... Um, yeah, you'll have to put up with me. So, joining me tonight is none other than the other half of Gene Ander. Hey, it's Ian Hey. Hello. The uh, the operation was a success, and we have been split. We have been split. Yes, people yes. people will be thinking some sort of a uh, podception is happening here. Uh, well, what do you mean, like, or the uh, or now our um, you know our uh, recalibration pods? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's um, so yeah, so obviously you're listening to this podcast. So uh, hello, and uh, you know where you can get us. Uh, you can also follow the, all the content for on the Scottish Rugby Blog. That's www.scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, I think you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual hip places for all the the, the cool cats. Um, Ian, obviously, people can follow you on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of tweeting, but uh, at Ian Hay eighty two. Ian Hay, Ian spelt the proper way, of course, with two eyes. Is there no like the you didn't go for Ian Hay two with like little love hearts or anything like that? No, like the like kids do. Uh, no, no, I'm far too old for that. You know, the eighty two is a giveaway there. <laughs> right, I suppose. I suppose enough of the the sort of preamble. Um, will we get on with the the main event? Uh, if we must. Yeah. So. If we must. Um, yeah. So. Um, obviously, um, Scotland played France at the weekend. If you don't know that, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Um, it's, it could have went better, Ian. Um, I would say that it couldn't go any worse, to be honest. Um, but I don't think it's time to uh, you know, go overboard on this. It was a very much a makeshift side. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of concerning areas. Uh, which I'm sure we'll go into a bit more depth in depth too. Yeah, I mean, I seen the there was a an interview with Matt Taylor yesterday, and he was he was saying something around him being the most disappointed person in the stadium, um, and to be honest, that that doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> the defence was no, Betty. Uh, um, yeah, this I mean, but this has been a bit of a recurring theme. Um, 
and not like you know not like I want somebody to lose their position or anything but you know the defence has been really poor over the last couple of years and even at the Warriors when Matt Taylor was there before um, you noticed there was a bit of a drop off in defence so I think maybe people have figured something out or figure out his particular style and maybe it just needs a set of fresh eyes I mean that's what I thought um, you know Shane Wayne was meant to come in and sort of do that I I believe that was one of his kind of something he specifically mentioned um, was like defensive positioning Uh, but um, yeah we just get we seem to get carved open far too easily yeah I mean watching it back I I didn't I mean France were clinical but they weren't that good, which is very, obviously very concerning from a Scotland perspective. Um, yeah, but again, I think we need to remember this definitely wasn't a first-string team. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, every th- this is a problem with Scotland as a whole, really. I think um, every time another team has possession, we look, we look vulnerable. Um, particularly you know, in a uh, line-out you know, first line out we get, and the only <laughs> one we ended up missing in the entire match. You know, the first one right. is in our own twenty-two within thirty seconds. I think the throw was taken on twenty-eight seconds, and then you, you know you're straight away on the back foot, straight away chasing them, chasing the game, um, away from home, and you know we've not got a great record away from home, have we? So yeah. you know, just putting ourselves under that much pressure early on is just. Um, you know, suicidal, and that just seems to be a tendency for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people sort of pinpointed. It was, it was interesting actually seeing a lot of the reaction afterwards and people talking about uh, people talking about the lineout as being a massive issue. And I think that first one kind of actually clouded a lot of people's view on it. And yeah, I mean, it's obviously completely, um, completely unacceptable to. Lose, a, lose the first line out of the game on your on your your own line basically, um, and then concede a score from it. But the line out was it was clocked in at ninety two percent, and we stole a few French ball as well. Um, so what what else went wrong? You know, because that that obviously well, like, wasn't well, the cause. Uh, well, one of the uh, one of the stolen line outs by Gilchrist. Um, you know, because it bobbled about so much, Ali Price ended up getting stifled, giving him a penalty that France then scored from. Um, <laughs> so you know, he was like, "Yeah, nicked the line out, gave away a penalty, gave away fifty meters, and then seven point. I think it would be just five at that point." Um, yeah, what else did? Yeah, just everything seemed to go wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen some of the um, some of the play ratings on offside line and rugby pass. I was like, "Those are particularly generous." If I gave them, I'd get slated on the oh. uh, rugby log. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but then, you know, watching it back, we weren't—I don't know—we were really poor. But it, you know, there's—I've seen worse performances from us. You know, some people are saying it's the worst performance seen in 15 years. It's like, well, you've clearly watched a lot of games over the last 15 years, have you? Yeah, um, I, I think six, there's definitely, definitely perspective uh, seemed to go out the window quite quickly. I mean, we're talking about a warm-up match. Yes, yes, there's no getting away from the fact we got cuffed by a French team um, away from home, and that has there was a lot of concerning things, but, um, yeah, a little bit of perspective were, you know, yes, I'm not going to trot out the first game of the season argument because it was France's first game of the season as well, um, but we, we, we all just need to calm down a wee bit, I think. 
Yeah, but that's the way of the sports fan, isn't it? Um, you okay. know, I mean, if we, you know, if we turn France over on Saturday, uh, I'm sure people will just completely forget about it. You know, you look at what happened to um, England and Wales last week. Uh, yeah. England ran out quite easy winners, and then Wales somehow become world number one in the rankings um, following a scrappy win, whereas their nearest rivals, the current number one, Thrash Australia. Yep. Uh, and and slip down. That's just a bit weird, but Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, that's the the um the vagaries of the world rugby ranking system for you. Good old um, algorithms and that. <laughs> there's a there's a really nice calculator actually online if anyone's interested. Um, why would you be interested? Let's be honest. Um, you can tell what my job is, my real job. Um, why are you interested, John? Why am I interested? Yeah, it's got numbers and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, there's a really good calculator that allows you to put in um, the, the the results and sort of works out the 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 points which is in a sort of points exchange basis it's all a bit mad but yeah feel free to if you if you have that inclination um unlucky um but feel free to go and have a look for that um i was thinking with regards to the france game obviously we could we could pick over the bones of what was a a heavily mauled scottish carcass um (laughs) but um i think We'll, we'll we'll try and put a bit of, we'll try and do a bit of positivity on this Ian. So let's let's have a think about who who is who is now currently sitting eyeing up the EasyJet departures gate to Tokyo, and who has made their way back towards the the Witherspoons and is now crying into their overpriced pint. Um, are, are they getting crisp for that as well? I mean, I was actually thinking about crisps earlier on with regards to do Scottish rugby have an official crisps supplier? They should really look at that. I mean, they've got meat suppliers. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. Gin suppliers. Well, yeah, should, it be, well, should it be like artisan ones or just some like walkers? Because you know, walkers have got dough. They have. I, I mean, yeah. that's a really... I, I, when, when we were put forward for this podcast, I knew this is where we would end up. Uh, <laughs> at the crisps, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of a oyster, to be honest. Um, there's not enough places that stock oysters. Um, uh, no, there's not. No, no. I'm not clean on. I'm not uh, keen on the uh, flame grilled chicken ones. Oh no, no, no! It's got to be a traditional T-bone. But yeah, absolutely. But, anyway, I'm, I'm anyway but, but back to the back to the point at hand. Who back who is who's who's in Witherspoons hanging out with Tim and the the body of our executed um, Banderscotch winner? Unfortunately, that man waiting there with his luggage lost, possibly, on the way to South Africa is Josh Strauss. Um, yep, I, I would, I would have to agree. Would you, uh, would, would you care to give a reason why Josh is um, waiting with a pint? Um, because basically, um, now I was a big Josh Strauss fan of the Warriors. You know, he's got a big, massive beard and he's hard as nails. You know, that's what you want from a number eight. Um, basically, you know, he, he, you know, he was a major part of the uh, the team that won the uh, the Pro Twelve, um, and I was I was a bit disappointed not to see more of him. Scotland colours, you know, straight after he'd um, been which nationalised. Is that if that's if that's the right word? <laughs> um, you know, Let, uh, let's go with um, s- um, Scottishised. Scottishised, right? Once he got Scottishised, you know, he, but um, I think. There's not been that many great performances from him, and to be honest, about half an hour into the game, I was like, 
who's played number eight again? Because I just like <laughs> saw for the first time, like I saw the back of his shirt. I'm like, ah, oh, it's Strauss. How could I was like, how can you not notice Josh Strauss? You know, yeah, he's, he's so um, yeah, he he just uh, he's not got the engine for Tony Ball. I don't think he's the number eight that we we he, he was the number eight we needed. I thought a while back, but um, I don't know. I think maybe time has caught up with him. Not the number eight we deserve. Uh, no, no. Well, well, maybe we do because we don't deserve a lot after that kind of showing. But, um, <laughs> but no, he's not. He's not the one we need. Um, so it's with uh, you know a heavy heart. I say that Strauss is out. It was. It was really telling for me when you looked at obviously the impact of the the French number eight, who the commentary team wonderfully oh. wanted to remind us that was Scotch qualified, um, and then obviously went off for a, a an HIA and on struts Louis Picamo, and you're just like, come on, come on, seriously, get real. Um, and we're sitting. I mean, Matt Fagerson done more. Uh, in his sort of 25 minutes, half hour cameo than, than Josh he done a lot more than Josh Strauss done um, Yeah he did and um, well you know we'll we get on to this later but uh, yep, I've actually written in you know uh, when you sent me the agenda that we were talking about players who were, you know, things that were good and things that were bad yep. bad things were how come nobody told us about Aldrich Hee his dad's from, <laughs> St- his dad's from Sterling you know, why were we not informed of this? We need number eight. He kept that quiet, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. You know, pretty... unlike, unlike Tommy Allen. You know? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know Tommy Allen's Scottish qualified. <laughs> but yeah, they keep the... Uh, and and then there's apparently big, oh, unsurprisingly, big Lambie on the bench for them as well as, as uh, was Scottish qualified. Um, yeah, they, they, they fair kept that quiet. I seem to recall some of the... Uh... Previously stating that you know just because he's ginger, he is definitely isn't Scottish. Somebody looked into it, and said no, he's definitely got no Scottish connections. And is that now right? all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden there is. Um, I, I think, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm basing this purely on um, what can only be described as slightly dodgy Premier Sports coverage. So you know that that's the limit of my knowledge regarding French back rows, sadly. Yes, and their birthplaces. Yes, um, yes, and I think quite. Quite normally, so you know, I'd be concerned if you did, though, to be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's let's sort of in the balance, so get a bit of balance here. Who who's who's moving closer to departures? Who's who's going on the plane after that? Well, um, on the hotly contested back row area, um, I'm saying that Jamie Ritchie is definitely on that plane. Um, once again, uh, he was a standout performer and a pretty poor performance. He was very good in Six Nations. Uh, you know, I just think. I mean, he's he's still a relatively young guy. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, he seems to he plays like a crafty veteran. You know, he, he he's a wee bit. Uh, he gives away a couple of penalties here and there, but because you have to play on the edge in that position. Um. So and you know, when you consider that at Six Nations, he was almost brought in as a replacement. Uh, Replacement? I've turned out to Tim Fisher on the, uh, <laughs> on the Premier's watch. Uh, uh, yeah, because Barkley got it so badly injured. You know, he's, I mean, I, I think he's always made himself undroppable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I made the controversial shout last week that I thought he might not go. Um, um, and Cammy 
we 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 had division in the lobby last week regarding this. Um, I I stand corrected. It must be said. I I, I totally agree with you. I think Richie um, from the from the forwards, Richie for me was the only one who came away with any sort of credit. Yeah. Um, well, especially the first half lot. Uh, yes. You know, McNally wasn't too horrendous otherwise, other than, you know, the, 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 the throw. <laughs> it, it, there was a couple of good carries and stuff, but um, some people are questioning his captaincy abilities in, in terms of being able to chat to the ref. Um, I saw somebody call him a, a mute. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there was a, there's a rude word before mute as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're keeping this keeping this podcast PC tonight. I know. Yeah, you know, I'm you know the the dark spectre of Cammy going. Don't you swear, Ian? It's hanging over me. <laughs> I kind of imagine you've got like a picture of him up in your wall just now, <laughs> staring with a pointed finger at you. red eyes. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying me. Um, yeah, but no, no, Richie. Uh, He's got that bit of the dog in him that we that we seem to be cry that we all cry out for, and it's not just that you know he's he's got a work rate, um, you know he's good he's decent on the floor, but he's he's, he's got everything you want, and especially you know the, the way that we set up our back row, it's not traditional sort of six seven eights anymore. It's um, you know it's always like a, a a blend. You've you've stuck everything in a blender and just mashed it up, and then it, right this is our back row now. You know it's kind of thing that was started by. Um, well, the Aussies kind of started it with the Pope yeah. Lock and Hooper thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of us seem to have adapted to that, especially if you don't have a decent number eight like we don't. Um, yeah, yeah. And Richie's, you know, available to cover all that kind of, you know, he want, he does all that work that you want from all of those positions. So um, would, would you go for then, say, starting back row, like against Ireland, starting back row just now, would you be advocating Richie and Watson? Yes, I would. Ooh, controversial. Who who would be your third? Uh, number eight. You thought? Well, well, I mean, you're you're kind of you're 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 um, enacting uh, the Tuny blender now, so uh, it's kind of your call. You could play a centre at eight if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that centre was Richie Vernon, I'm sure you'd be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got Richie. In. <laughs> um, well, this thing we've still got to see. The, uh, the blade. How cutting is the blade exactly? He's got headlines written for him already, eh? Indeed. Um, but, you know, well, on form, and I'm going to get accused of all all kinds of Glasgow buyers for this because we still actually need to see him in test, but look, we just mentioned him there. Um, number eight, Matt Fagerson. Yeah, I mean, he done himself no harm. I mean, he's... The f- like club-wise, he's the form man. You know, he's uh, his tackle rate in the uh, the final was incredible. You know, behind Johnny Gray's forty-three tackles in the <laughs> last game against I get last game of, well second last game of the season against Leicester, he was second with like 32, 34 or something. Like that. You know, I mean, the guy's an absolute machine. He's only twenty-two. You know, he's got um, you know, he's going to bring a lot of enthusiasm to the game, and he's a better number eight than the other well, in the classical sense of a number eight yeah. or what you want from him than, uh, than what we currently have apart from Brad I'm going to give a shout out to Bradbury as well Bradbury, Bradbury's very good but I would pick Fingerson over Bradbury 
and we should also uh, note that this was not done under duress um, for threat of, of um, east-west bias. Uh, Ian actually picked that all on his own there. Yeah, I'd also um, note, just want to apologise to Ian Wallace. Ian Wallace is going to be raging now for me saying I picked Fagerson over Bradbury, but that's just because <laughs> that's he's got Edinburgh bias. Then by the breaks, if if Ian wants to Ian wants to uh, have a say on that, you know, give us a wee shout or you know come and join us one time. We'll be happy happy to have a chat with uh, the beard of beard of Scottish rugby trademark. Um, so um, we've talked a wee bit about the forwards. Um, what about the the return of the Messiah, as it would be, Duncan uh, Taylor's uh, Duncan. return at twelve? Super Duncan indeed. Um... It wasn't particularly glamorous, but he did what he needed to do. Um, he, you know, for his first game in two years, he put a fair shift in um, defensively, especially because we didn't yeah, have a lot. Yeah. So, uh, one nice pass out wide to McGuigan, I think it was. Um, yeah, who then kind of fluffed uh, an inside ball to Hugh Jones, but it was a it was a tough offload. I think he was thinking too much about his sevens days. <laughs> uh, um, but no. Um, you know, great to see him back, obviously, uh, but long time out. But, you know, that, that guy... Actually, you know what? Oh, right. I'll put this in just now if well I remember it. Because this is going to annoy me. And if somebody can... I've not bothered to look this up. I'm sure I don't have time. But if somebody knows this, this would be amazing. Right, so Duncan Taylor has scored 17 points in his international career for Scotland. All right. John, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing the math. Right. So, two, uh, three tries. Um, one against Wales. One, the one against France. The tapping goal against France, and the Six Nations in 2016. Yes, 2016. Two good long range efforts, and uh, the third one was against Australia, and the one in Sydney when he intercepted the pass uh, from, I think it was Genia. Yep. Oh no, it was Foley actually. It was Foley, yeah. Yeah, Gisgenia was the charge down from Finn Russell. So that's Duncan Taylor's three tries. The other two points means he must have knocked over a conversion at some point. Against whom? Against whom? <laughs> I have a fleeting memory. Oh, apparently I'm trying to share my screen now. I'm going to just not do that. That's, that's crazy. Was it like Samoa or something like that? I I think it was someone a bit more high profile to be honest, but right. I the I, totally escapes me who. But I have a strange memory of I remember. I think I remember saying at the time, "Look, Duncan Taylor can in fact do absolutely everything." <laughs> yeah. um, super dunk. That's why he's super dunk. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if if you remember the the famous Duncan Taylor conversion, um, please please leave us a comment on the on the podcast. Um, the thing for me with Duncan Taylor, I, I thought I, I agree with all the points you made, and I think he, he looked very, very um, decent for having had two years out. Um, I think there's a new measure here in terms of work rate because did you see the absolute state of his shirt when he came off? <laughs> no, I can't say that. No, no. Look, go back and watch the recording. I think this is indicative of the work that Duncan Taylor done. His shirt is. I mean, there's no getting those grass stains out. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's that, oh, no. it's 
it's still on pause at the end of the match, so I can go. But it's, he went off in the fifty-fifth minute. Was thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. A wee hobble. Right. He, lo- he looked like a man who'd worked very hard, but um, yeah, his shirt is in absolute state. Um, I mean, there's there's questions where the, the the actual Scotland away shirt is in fact just an actual state in totality, but you know that's completely up to um, the the Uh-oh. fashion. The fashionistas oh, amongst us. Maybe, maybe like Jamie Ritchie is a uh, you know he's a distant relative of Shane Ritchie, and Shane's <laughs> got some heavy gambling debts, so they're, they're doing das. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I very much doubt it, but you know. No, no. I, See, I, this I, is what happens when Cammy's not here. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so other backs, Ali Price um, looked very angry after the match. Um, didn't really have an impact. I thought quite quite quiet. Um, no, seemed to take f- forever. Um, yeah. Um, box kicking, nothing was contestable. Uh, I think there was one decent wee sniping break, but yeah, not a not a great one. Um, sadly, we'll concentrate on some of the, the, the negatives from the backs as well. Um, Hugh Jones looked very unfit. Yes. Uh, I think that jacket is on a sugarly peg. Um, yes. I just don't know what... Like, Obviously, Rennie, Rennie's been picking Greg and staying ahead of him. And, you know, uh, Dale Stain had only just... He got signed from sevens and it's like, right, you're in the team ahead of Hugh Jones all of a sudden yeah. at centre, you know, when his first couple of games he played on wing and I didn't think, particularly his first game against Blues, um, Stain didn't press on the wing, but then no. when he was playing it inside, outside centre, sorry, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he was you know good and direct, hard in defence, you know, that's, I, I was surprised he was cut so early, to be honest. Um, yeah, I do wonder if Townsend will be maybe, maybe looking at the the Hugh Jones situation and maybe he will have a wee bit of um, a regret around maybe cutting Stain as early. Um, I mean, because it was Stain and Greg were both cut. I mean, nobody's suggesting in a world um, a world where polar bears are right handed that you know um, left handed. Well, no, no, I'm suggesting this world is you know an unbelievable world. Um, yeah, that Greg would be anywhere near the 31 to travel, but um, I think based on form, Stain had certainly, certainly, it was worthy of at least some game time in, in, in these tests. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, like the same with what I was saying about Ferguson, you know, uh, young players, hungry players, um, and who ones who have been in form. And uh, once they've played in like high pressure matches, yeah. um, you know uh, Kyle Stain, you know, but maybe his sixth ever, um, yeah, fifteenth yeah. professional performance was down at Saracens in a quarter fi- uh, quarter final of the Champions Cup. Um, so you know they've um, they've proven themselves. Obviously, that game didn't go according to plan. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that he's keeping out um, high high profile high big name players yeah. um, at club level but you know it's uh, I suppose it's up to Townsend to decide what he, he wants Hugh Jones has got a bit of cash in the bank but, but you know when does that run out that's, I think that's the 
that's the the reason that Townsend gets paid the big bucks, and we don't. He has to make that call, doesn't he? So, but he might um, get leaned on by some SRU guys. Well, that, well, far be it for us to speculate, um, and we should clarify as purely speculation. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Timestamp that one just in case yeah. for Cammy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to. We're, we're risking it. Um, so, yeah, I've got a few other things to mention from the game. Um, like like uh, any good tribute act, Ian, we are we are going to roll out and massacre the be- the greatest hits of uh, of the podcast. Uh, and we've not done comment of the week for quite some time. Um, oh. But this, this, and I don't, I'm, I've not asked you to prepare one, but, um, I looked yeah. at some, but then I forgot a lot of them. Um, I'll just, I'll just get the, the, the chap's name up to give him, uh, due, due, uh, credit. Um, so this kill comment of the week goes to Busy Little B. Uh, now there's a bit in here. Jamie Ritchie, yeah, totally agrees with us. It's got to be in the 31. How important Finn Russell is. Uh, he says stuff about, uh, Adam Hastings' flashy teeth. His teeth are magnificent. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think I remember that one. But yeah. the reason, uh, comment of the week, uh, he spelt Hugh wrong. Uh, sorry, busy little bee, but, you know, if we're going to, what are, the pedants are in uh, in session here, so come on. Um, but, yes, comment of the week goes to busy little bee for the following statement. Um, talking about Hugh Jones, he says, can't pass, can't defend, How hands like cow's breasts. Oh, yes, I did definitely see that one. Yes, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, the imagery is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't want to look at his hands now. God. I've, I've got a video of Hugh Jones singing karaoke. I could maybe, if I knew, had the tech know how, I could Photoshop like cow's breasts over it. I'm sure we could find uh, that would go That would go viral on the, somewhere. We could we could find someone to do that for you. Don't don't you worry. I'm not going to bother to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what's happened to Hugh Jones? You know, he, we we've defended him to the hilt, haven't we? You know, we've we've been long time defenders. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I. When, I on you go, sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I actually uh, have like a fully paid, paid up subscription to the Hugh Jones Defensive Society. Yeah, well, you know, um, well, this is now the problem is that his defensive side is. Um, <laughs> I think we've we've been shown that it's a wee bit lackluster, um, and if he's not scoring tries, he's not doing much. And I remember like people like last year after he got pilloried for the Wales game, yeah. um, these you know these all these stats proved that he actually had a very good tackle completion rate, but. Yeah, it's one of these kind of things whereby you're thinking, well, how hard were the tackles he had to make? Because it was, I think it was, it's over the 85%. I think it was about 87%. Yeah. You know, so obviously, you know, we're, we're a wee bit down on Johnny Gray territory when we're talking about this kind of thing. Yeah, um, well. But, you know, diff- different different strokes for uh, different positions. Um, but, I don't know, you know, I think it's maybe just lack of game time. He just looks off it. Both in attack and defence. Uh, there was one decent break he made, but he possibly made about ten metres before he got snaffled. Then gave it to McGuire. I thought I thought McGuire actually on second view and got a wee bit unfairly pilloried. Ooh, um, that's controversial. Oh wait, uh, <laughs> no, I think I mentioned. <laughs> did, did I mention him earlier? It's like you know. I think I said this. Like he, there was a couple of decent. Things. No, he's right, he's getting booted, yeah. but. 
Um, you know, he's, he's did some decent direct running, uh, just fluffed a few um, you know, offloads, uh, you know, because he was a sevens player. Uh, or cause he was trying, he was pushing it too hard. And, well, to be honest, like, there were just sort of sport runners there. Um, just yeah. a lack of awareness overall. Yeah. Because um, we were honking. No, we, we absolutely were. Um, so other things to mention from the game, obviously um, the news coming out today um, regarding the um, what can only be described as assault on John Barkley, um, the the sighting team have taken a look at that and our, our lovely French man whose name escapes me has... Uh, has... Paul Gabrielaghi. Oh, well done, you. Well done. Well, I can't remember. Well, well researched. Well, he's got a six-week ban. Um, the 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 talking point from it though is, um, for saying sorry, he's managed to get four weeks knocked off his ban. Yeah, I, um, I don't really think that works in many other places. No, I mean it's it's an interesting world. Well, unless you murder somebody, I think you you know you might get spared the death penalty. But I mean, it was a horrendous tackle. It was. I mean, I. I mean, sorry, clear out. Um, yeah, I noticed it in in real time, and so, so obviously I, John I Barkley was exactly. a bit sparkled afterwards. Which, um, yeah, he's he seemed a bit off for quite some time afterwards. Um, it was. It was. It was really bad. Yeah, I mean, like I'm gonna like Nigel Owens has obviously taken a lot of flack for it. Um, and to be honest, I've not been overly impressed with him the last few times he's refereed. Yeah. But um, you know, on the uh, the sort of commonly shared replay um, that I saw from Blood and Mud on Twitter, uh, just as Gabriel Laggy is about to go into the tackle, uh, sorry, go in for the clear out, Duncan Taylor runs across the own's uh, own sight path. Right. And so he's like, you can see his arm going out, like possibly I'm going to. He's like. Oh, am I going to give something to that? But he gets no flag from the assistant, yeah. uh, the touch assistant, or from the TMO. So, you know, what was the TMO doing? You know, was he on Tinder or something? You know, it's like, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a blatant and nasty, nasty shot. And it's, you know, um, the thing that we're meant to be, that we're rugby, meant to be taken very seriously, and, you know, well, we can't be having this. And they allow that to go on. Yeah, I mean, Cammy. Um, when he was uh, still with us last week, um, obviously had a quite a lengthy um, rant about that sort of behaviour, and yeah, I mean, it was it was really shocking that it wasn't picked up by anyone. Um, I, and I think yeah, I agree with you. Owens, Owens seems to he seems to be getting into the place now where the game flowing is of more interest to him than applying the laws. And that, that was particularly evident. There was a couple of incidents later on in the game. And obviously the pitch for, again, if you haven't seen the game, the pitch was possibly one of the worst examples of a football pitch being used for rugby that you'll ever see. Um, the scrum was uh, taking JCB style holes out of every time they went down. Um, but, Owens it was, was an kind absolute of, disgrace. It was it. so bad. 
But Owens had kind of started just to ignore knock-ons at one point. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah. The fundamental rule of rugby is the ball can't go forward off the hand. <laughs> and he's just like, eh, you know, it's fine. The game, the game will continue. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Got a couple of bits on. It's all right. <laughs> um, okay. Are we done with France? Are we? No, because we're playing in, on Saturday, so we're not done. Okay. But, um, oh no! Oh, 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 I've not even planned this. Shall we do a? Shall we do a fifteen? Uh, oh, I've not planned this. Um, oh. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Quick, All right. Quick, quick fire fifteen. Go. Uh, fifteen. We'll stick with Hog. Fourteen. Who are you playing? Uh, Tommy Seymour gives a run. All right. Uh, we going to thirteen or other? Yeah, one? just go thirteen. Thirteen. Twelve. Thirteen. Uh, oh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's left? Uh, on, I've got the squad here. Oh, good, you know good, what? Good. Uh, I'm giving Hutchinson a start. Hutchinson, yeah, yeah, he uh, looks decent. And I, like, I like the cut of his jib. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, 12. Uh, Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson, is he fit for a run out? Well, that's a point, yes. Uh, as per usual, right, but. Oh, oh, uh, you know what? With, let's throw Sam Johnson in. He might not be fit. We're at, as you know, we're recording this before. The squad will be announced hopefully tomorrow around midday. Um, we'll... oh, it's Thursday actually. Is it Thursday this time round? Yeah, it's, I believe yeah. It's yeah. We're we're being made to look like fools no matter what, so it's fine. Let's throw Sam Johnson in there. Uh, if not, Pete Horn maybe. Uh, yes, we'll go with that. Yep. Cool. Eleven. Uh, uh, King Horn. I think I, I agree with that. King Horn will get a run. Um, are we giving Finn a run at ten? Yes, we are. Good. Price, uh, Price or Laidlaw or Horn? Uh, oh, bring, bring us the Hornito. Bring us the Hornito. Is this what you want or what you think will happen? Um, that's what I want. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be Greg Laidlaw. I think Laidlaw will get... I think Laidlaw may be 40, then Hornito may be 40. Yeah, fair enough, right. Loose head? Uh, Dell. Dell, okay. Hooker, Fraser Brown? Uh, is Bruni fit yet? Mm, that's also a good question. Um, We've still got Grant Stewart and uh, George Turner in the squad. Sir, yeah, um, Turner, he's not had a lot of action recently, so yeah. you know, he was injured. So yeah, we'll give Turner a, a bash. Okay, tight head. Uh, Xander. Xander was blown at ease. Oh, he was. He lo- looked yeah. like he'd been after enjoying... 20, after 20 minutes, he looked gassed. Yeah. It did look like he'd been enjoying some of the, perhaps taking up the WP diet and enjoying a few too many chicken wings. Well, he was in France, so it's probably all cheese and wine. Aye, maybe he was hanging out with Finn and we're on the Harry Bowl. Uh, anyway, second row, Johnny Gray. Uh, yes, and uh, oh, shall we give, I don't know, Cummings? Or Sk- I think Skinner will come I, in. I was going to say, yeah, we're going to say Skinner will come in. Instead, um, yeah. And then back row, start Fagerson. Uh, yes, eight. Yes. Yep. Um, six, Wilson. Seven, Watson. Okay. That's. Blade, that's. Blade uh, oh, we've got to find Blade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Blade will hopefully get his debut this time round. Um, okay. Um, I would hazard a guess that will be completely and utterly wrong. But <laughs> wrong as. On, all scales, but that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll go with that. Hoggy, Hoggy at 10. Hoggy at 10. <laughs> um, yeah, Hoggy won't be at 10. Let's just get that clear right away. Um, okay, so 
let's move on, shall we? And let's go on to oh, another of the old classics. Will we? Will we pull out sort of sort of pull out um, something from Ride the Lightning? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, we'll pull out some absolute bobbins. Not nice. had some. Not had bobbins in a long time. So here is your dilemma, Ian. And you'll note we hadn't we hadn't discussed this young man aside from his wonderful teeth. Um, yeah, the absolute bobbins statement. Uh, for those of you who don't know absolute bobbins, this is where we'll, we'll make a statement, um, and we have to agree or disagree with this statement. Uh, if we disagree, we we are calling absolute bobbins on it. Um, and the statement tonight is: Adam Hastings is only a professional rugby player because of his surname. Um, I discuss. I'm even, you know, I've only done this once before, I think. I'm calling Bobbins a Smaximus. <laughs> it's uh, the, the biggest amount of Bobbins ever. Um, now, as much as I didn't agree with his statement, uh, well, you know, it wasn't... When you put it in its context, it's maybe misheard, well, misread. Um, Dave Rennie saying that Adam Hastings could be better than Finn Russell. Now, this is... Dave Rennie has... Apart from the fact he's just been shipped up to Glasgow a couple of years ago, no connection to the Hastings family, the SRU. He's just here to do his job. And if he says that he reckons Adam Hastings can be better than Finn Russell, and uh, now let's you know, let's be clear about this. Me and John are fully paid up members of the Finn Russell Finn Russell Appreciation Society. Absolutely. The man is essentially a god in my eyes. I have a um, he's 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 my uh, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, he's got his face he, on it. It's beautiful. It's like, it's just because I'm too lazy to change it. Like he's my uh, my cover picture on like Facebook. And so he should he's, be. Uh, yeah, just Finn Russell in the background, like about to play pass. It's like it's, <laughs> I mean, this is this is the guy that puts bums on seats. This is the guy who is my like. I think he's now moved up to my favourite player of all time kind of status. Yep. You know, because um, he has so much fun, and not only is he fun, a lot of the time, you know, people bemoan him for being flaky or like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's or oh, that's too risky, Russell. They've always got that voice. Oh, oh yeah. no, he shouldn't be doing that. Oh, no, don't tap and go. That's just silly, Russell. And then he scores a try. Yeah. Um, I mean, this guy's a fantastic player. And for Dave Rennie to suggest that Adam Hastings could potentially be better than him eventually, that just tells you how good Adam Hastings is. I mean, I mean, the first few times I saw Johnny Sexton play test rugby, and I was like, this guy's about to take over from Ogara. This guy's muck. Yep. You know, um, and now look at him. Yeah. All right, he's a whiny wee... Rude words. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's, well, he's officially the best player in the world. Uh, <sighs> as, as he's, yeah, I know it's painful. Um, Ridiculous. But he is, he, but he's a, he's a damn fine player. And, um, you know, the, these are the levels we're talking about. You know, Adam Hastings has only just had, is that maybe his fourth start, fifth start, if that? Uh, and the Scotland? Uh, uh, yeah, second or third, yeah. Uh, well, Argentina when him and uh, oh, George, yeah, yeah. George Horn started and yep. tore them to shreds. Um, Which was very impressive. Yep. Yep. Then the Wales the Dodebier Cup uh, game, which we were just embarrassed at anyway, because once again his forward pack gave him nothing to work off of. Yeah. Um, just like what we had there. Um, I th- yeah, I think that's the key point. Um. I mean, I, I I was going to play devil's advocate on this, and you know, say obviously he's he didn't get much game time down at Bath. He's been brought back into the Scottish fold. Um, obviously, he was very much on the SRU's radar, and would he have been on the radar with 
that surname. I, I genuinely don't think it necessarily matters whether that is true or not because his performances since he's come to Glasgow, he's he's more than stepped up. He's he's been a, a he's been an absolute find for Glasgow, and he has whisper it. He has replaced Russell very well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even whisper it. Um, you know, we're talking about Finn Russell as what like easily top five fly halves in the world. Yeah, I would say um, top three, maybe pushing it. But right, I top five, I'm happy with. Um, so to try and you know fill those shoes in your first, what is your first season as a starter at a team with the kind of. Well, you know, we don't have a great deal of prestige, but we're expected to do stuff, especially in Europe, you know, um, uh, and in the Pro 14. We've made it to, we're a tough side to beat. Yep. You don't you don't want us in your European draw, you know. Um, and he's stepped into that, and he, you know, he broke all sorts of records this year, like uh, a game against Dragons. All right, Dragons are absolute muck. But yep. uh, the fact that he managed to, you know, break up Pro, uh, Pro 12 records for... Um, Pro 12 or Pro 14, I should add in, I suppose, for number of defenders beating in one game. And he's a fly half. That's not what you're meant to do as a fly half. But yeah. you know, he plays so close to the line. You know, he's, he is very much in the Finn mould. I think he's got more gas than Finn. But, yeah. um, but like Finn had to learn, you know, I think Finn's got, well, Finn's obviously got a better all round skill set. I think Finn Russell's the best passer in the world, to be honest with you. Um, and at Squidge Rugby agreed with me. And we'll maybe talk about squid. Oh, that can be my hands on the rock, actually. Oh, have uh, <laughs> you just there we go. This, there this we is go. how much preparation goes into this podcast, guys. Well, with all, with all, like I was like, oh, when you asked about hands on the rock before, I was just like, I'm, we're covering the same stuff over and over again. It's always, it's always yeah. bad refereeing and what have you, and state of pitches. Um, yeah, we will but, save yeah. Scott sexual, uh, Scott sexual for uh, for later in the program. Then, Indeed. but you know. Um, Adam Hastings, he he is the best backup we've had, and if you know Duncan Weir, um, people keep shouting for him back, but just remember, uh, he he was uh, well, him and Jackson both got forced out of Glasgow by Finn, the emergence of Finn Russell. Absolutely. Um, so you know they're not tens. Uh, I think Rory Jackson, in particular, got shown that he's not an international class ten, much that I hope that we've now discovered Pete Horn yeah. as an international class ten. Um, so yeah, so that's I think Hastings is the best backup option we've got by Miles, and he just needs to be a bit of time at bed then. Absolutely. So are we saying? Uh, so we're calling it absolute Bobbins. Uh, yeah, Bobbins is Maximus. Bobbins is Maximus. I think that's that's the highest rating of Bobbins that we can yes. we can give. Um, Okie dokie. So let's let's shift on now. Again, as we said at the start of the program, we are we are not jingling tonight. We are we are taking the power back. We are rebelling against the jingle master himself. Um, but we're going to, we're going to ponder our favourite question here and ask uh, where is where is Doogie Donnelly now? Um, so we've got a couple couple have come in on the on the Tinter web. Um, one of which um, we will. We'll actually just uh, queue this up because I know um, our overlord is keen to have some uh, some audio in there. You know what he's like. So um, we'll do a bit of this. Better call Saul. 
Okay. Um, yes, so you can hear that. That was clearly audio from um, a certain TV show that we will not uh, mention for fear of being sued. Um, yeah, um, th- this actually links beautifully into Cami has um, just done some David Soul merch, um, Better Call Soul. Um, and the big man himself uh, tweeted Cami um, in, in, in midweek there just to say, um, or. Uh, uh, on Sunday even, sorry, um, just to give his take on the game. Um, he said, two greatest concerns, defence and mindset. And I think no one would really disagree with that. Uh, no doubt the team has talent, but great defences win matches. Uh, Grand Slams in Wales case, consistency comes with having the right mindset. Not enough belligerence, body-mindedness and heart in Saturday night's performance, in my honest opinion. Now... I won't criticise the big man for using the uh, IMHO. Um, you know, you know my views on opinions, but um, yeah, um, the big man's had his say. Um, I don't think we can disagree too much with that. No, unfortunately, um, yeah, I mean, we are crying out for proper hard people up front in terms of belligerence. We don't, yeah. we don't have that. Um, you know, we. We have a plan A, which is get it wide as fast as possible, but teams are wise to that. Um, there's yeah. nobody who's, who's there to punch a hole in. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, you mentioned that, because um, there was lots of talk, obviously, after the game uh, against France, just to touch on France again. I know we said we, we had left it in the past, but you know it's we're, we're reminiscing back to a time <laughs> where rugby was all running and no kicking, so uh, let's talk about France again. Um a lot of talk about there not being a plan B, but there was a tweet from uh, Stuart Schiller. Um, it was a really interesting point, actually. He was talking about, you know, the the game plan to use the use the forwards and sort of try and um, burst holes and and basically take um, take a more pragmatic and less attacking approach. That wasn't effective either, and. Actually, he's advocating more attack, uh, and you know, as as a as a fan who loves to watch players playing attacking rugby, I, I kind of think, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, but it helps if it actually comes off, um, yeah. or yeah. if it's available. But like Hastings, people keep saying that Hastings had a bad game, um, which you know, maybe there's a couple of decisions he could have made better, but he. Didn't have good ball to work with. Yeah, and that's sure. all. Stuart finishes his tweet with playing slower or attacking less would just result in playing through the ineffective forwards more, which I think is a pretty damning statement of of uh, the the forward pack's efforts. Um, we've actually got a bit of a pact. Where's Doogie Donnelly tonight? Um, we've got so quiz time, Ian. Right here we go. So right. I'm going to give you five names. And I want you to tell me what they've all got in common. Okay. <laughs> right. right. So we have got Ronaldo. Uh, let's call him Ronaldo OG, if you will. Um, Pele, Ronaldinho, Ayrton Senna, and Chunk J- Jacobson. Um, well, given how Brazil are so good at scrums, I'm going to guess it's uh, something to do with uh, the, the great nation of Brazil. And having yes. fan clubs and such. A yes, situation. yes, absolutely. So, yeah, um, we we had um, we had a well, tweet. I heard that already. I know. <laughs> yeah, we gave gave the game away, but yeah, we had we had a very interesting uh, tweet 
from a from a young gentleman um, saying that after so the, the the kind of story goes that after the 2011 game against New Zealand, now I haven't fact checked that Scotland played New Zealand in 2011. I can't remember if they did, but let's just go with it for the story. Um, after seeing Chunk in action, um, a group of Brazilian people set up a rugby club and now play with, um, I assume, the spirit of Chunk, um, um, sort of, they wear the spirit of him in in their hearts and in their minds. (laughs) And why would you not? Well, Um, yeah. Actually, I've I've got a Chunk, uh, a second-hand Chunk anecdote. Um, One of my pals that I worked with in New Zealand, uh, James, James Patrick Roberts, Welsh boy. He was, he was actually in New Zealand on like a, a rugby scholarship. He was a hooker. And he was in a bar in New Zealand one time. And he noticed Chunk up at the bar, who right. was a little bit worse for wear. And he uh, went up and introduced himself and like said he recognised him. And then uh, Chunk apparently took his wallet out, threw a big wad of cash behind the bar and told him, you're staying open until me and this guy decide to leave. <laughs> um yeah, licensing laws be damned when the chunks in action. Well, um, well New Zealand have got quite um, certain things they had lenient licensing laws for. Oh, there was this, there was an episode, I believe, of the podcast previously called The Dragon Bar, where I recanted the tale about um, how going into a, a Welsh bar in Wellington, New Zealand, they said they had extended opening hours because the rugby was of cultural significance. <laughs> Which I think tells you a lot about New Zealand and how we should aspire to be as good a country as New Zealand yeah, in yeah, many can, facets. Can you imagine um, the old schoolhouse or somewhere else being open late for just, oh, for the, just for the rugby we get doing it? I'd hope so. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to see that... Um, one of our greatest exports as a rugby nation is uh, none, other, none other than Chunk Jacobson. Is he not um, the SRB uh, cult hero? I think, yeah, yeah, he did. He, yeah, absolutely, when we done the, the 10, year, 10 year awards, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. And did yeah. he not reply to Cammy that he was just, uh, what, I'm not the effing player of the decade? Yes, I think he may have. <laughs> Yes, it's it, it's good to see um, that um, one of our, our biggest heroes has had a, an impact globally. Globally, yeah. Um, it's like Pitbull all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Worldwide Chunk Jacobson. <laughs> um, we had an, we had another um, another um, interesting, well, let's say theoretical spot um, after after the game at the weekend. Obviously, there was certain. Let's say certain fans' areas that um, the Bring Back Vern Brigade came out in in force, uh, and with uh, an interesting one from uh, one of the admins on the Scottish Rugby Forum, uh, who said, uh, "Spotted Vern Cotter earning millions in the south of France, giving zero sweary words <laughs> about Scotland," um, and I think that that is yeah, that's fairly accurate. Yeah, because, well, you know, uh, unless people haven't been paying attention, things haven't gone very well at Montpellier for Vern. First season went fine. Second season, not so much. Do you think it's just that classic Scottish thing of wanting what we don't have? Um, yes, which might bring me on to something I've, I was accused of. Um, oh, <laughs> OK, uh, do I need to note the time for this? <laughs> Is this OK? Uh, no, what? No. No, about uh, a certain lock. 
Getting... Oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. Yeah. Well, will we do that now? Let's do that now. Yeah, because yeah, there's like, nothing else we can fit it in, really. It's not yeah. handsome. Kind of. it's yeah, not um, handsome yeah no, I'm, I'm calling it in my 31. Richie Gray's coming back. Um, I, I do genuinely think that's going to happen. Um, you look at the, you know, under good old Vern, um, 2015, John Barkley won man in the match against Italy, didn't make the 2015 World Cup squad. Tim Swinson got parachuted in. And with all fair respect to Tim Swinson, Richie Gray is a much better lock than Tim Swinson. Yes. And and if we're, you know, we're playing against, you know, we've got Ireland first up. Um, They've got Frankenstein's lock, Devin Toner. (laughs) Um, The only guy who can realistically challenge him is Richie Gray. And oh, we can't just pick one guy for one game, but our set pieces are a shambles. Um, So, you know, we need a strong set piece. It's very hard to get overthrow a man who's six foot ten. Um, you know, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a wee bit ignorant to the uh, to the needs of a lock in the scrummaging. I think is it Scrummo who's a frequent contributor who always talks about how Tulis is a great like second row scrummager. Um, I I don't really know the uh, you know the finer facets of that game. What Richie Grade does add is a lot of weight, um, so that helps. Um, and you know he's a proven test animal. And people, are, some people are saying, you know, oh, he's, you know, that, those are the past days. The guy's only twenty nine years old. No one's been saying that about Duncan Taylor. He's also twenty nine years old, and he's not played in two years. Yep. Richie Gray was playing at the um, the back end of the, you know, the top fourteen season, and uh, was in the final. Um, no, he played a few minutes. I don't know if I can't actually remember how much he played in the final, but he was in the final, and he, he's, you know, he's had a lot more minutes than Duncan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I was I was really surprised when when Richie didn't make the squad, and, um, yeah, I think my concern would be that yeah, it's it's late in the day now and you know obviously a lot of work's going into the uh, the setup around you know there'll be a lot of calls and there'll be a lot of things that are set plays and things that are being organized just now and to parachute someone into that would be quite difficult now i would also be extremely surprised if there hasn't been some dialogue to say you know just make sure you've got a wee, a wee page left in your passport buddy um, and make sure you're you're in the area, uh, um, yeah. Because for all you know, for all the, the the chat about how good a scrummaging lock um, Toulis is, or how good Grant Gilchrist is, or you know even you know even Johnny Gray, what he brings, I still believe that Richie Gray on a fit Richie Gray is. Probably one of our best two locks. I think a, a fully fit Richie Gray is one of our top five players. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, some of these, like, I mean, I've been in New Zealand watching the when we got beat by uh, England and it was the, the, the infamous Dan Parks retirement game. Yes. And Richie Gray in that game was just playing like a man possessed. Yeah. I mean, even Kiwis at the end of the tournament, they put him in there. Like you know, their fantasy fifteen. They're like, yeah, Richie Gray. Every single one of them, like Richie Gray. I fully fit Richie Gray. Um, you know, as a as a ball carrying threat, 
obviously Nate Mennings because he's a giant. His work rate is so much better than it used to be. Um, you know, trying to get him out of a ruck is a nightmare. Yep. Because there's so much heft in there. What? I mean, yeah. Um, aye, so, you know, he, he is, uh, well, I think it's frankly between him and his brother as to who, when they're on their best games, which one is the best Scottish lock. Yeah. And I would possibly edge it to Richie. Yeah. On his on his very very best day. Well, I think I think it's important for us to you know obviously as as representatives. Let's say we're representatives of a certain section of the fan base. We just want to if Gregor Townsend listens to this podcast. If you do, we will not judge you if you decide that you have called it wrong and you want Richie. We will we will we will love you. We will not hate you. Uh, well, some people will hate you because that's just the nature of... That's just people, isn't it? That's, well, I mean, I was going, people's a strong statement. I'm going to go with a subculture of Scottish rugby fans. S- some people, yeah. Some people, yes. Yeah. But, uh, yes, let, let the SRU know we will not judge you. Um, again, people out there may disagree with this, and that is... Um, yes, we are. We are not. We are putting this podcast out without challenge or evidence. So you are more than welcome to have your statements, both without challenge and evidence, also, uh, and your honest opinion, and your honest opinions, if that is what you so so desire to give. Um, please Remember, do not. Last last test line. Last Scottish test line. Yeah. I would just say, please do not be disappointed if your honest opinion is met with my honest and humble opinion also okay so cool um john's gone rogue john's, john's gone, gone rogue. rogue that's it yeah yeah the guns are out here we go so yeah um, cammy thought it would be me hey yeah yeah no i know i've just yeah I'm, th- I'm picking for fights now i'm i'm riled um and it's your fault you mentioned richie gray no no self-respecting man of a scottish rugby uh persuasion can resist the the lure of the richie <laughs> That's a beautiful blonde lock. Oh, those luscious locks. Um, anyway, this this has gone slightly. We've segued off track, and we've we've, we've been recording oh, for just just over an hour now. So we're we're yeah, keeping keeping. Let's, let's rattle on. Let's rattle on. So, um, are we done with um, Doogie Donnelly? Uh, I think so. I've you've not got, seen anyone. You've not seen anyone. I've I not seen nothing, anyone. Man. I don't. I don't. I don't get out much. You know. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm locked. I'm locked in here. <laughs> with your picture of Cammy staring at you intently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that the eyes follow me around the room. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's let's move on then and we'll do a bit of a hands in the rock uh just to close us off. Uh hands in the rock as again if you've not listened, welcome. This is your first I don't think you'll be back, but that's okay. Um Hands in the Rock is our any other business section. Um yeah, there was quite a lot of submissions this week for the the previously mentioned um, assault on John Barclay. We've also had quite a few um, critical hands in the rocks uh, regarding Scotland's defence, which again we've we've talked about. Um, one, I, I, if you don't mind, uh, Ian, I'll let you let you crack on first, um, and you can give us give us your hands in the rock. Okay, so um, yes, my hands in the rock uh, is about um, a, you know what, I, I feel terrible about defending a vlogger because, 
you know, most internet type people are uh, the most despicable in the universe. Um, <laughs> you know, influencers get a proper job. Um, no, but uh, Squidge Rugby. Now, I don't know if any of you guys, I'm sure if you've seen Squidge Rugby videos. Squidge Rugby is a, a Welsh lad who um, does these YouTube videos um, analysing teams, matches, tactics, you know, full smorgasbord. Um, I think the last one I, I watched was uh, him going over the 38-38 Madness Calcutta Cup match. Um and what it's, what it's, um, his videos, the, uh, you know, he breaks it down into little segments and he, he kind of makes it easy for novices and maybe some people who are a bit more, you know, a um, bit more informed, uh, you know, showing certain defensive systems or flaws or where common mistakes are being made. And, you know, they're, and they're also very funny. Um, so, you know, educating and entertaining, that's, you know, that's how people learn. That's the best way to let, you know, get people to learn. Um now, Squidge uh, takes certain snippets from matches, obviously, to showcase his points. And uh, last week, he got um, hit with a, a copyright infringement order um, via YouTube from the Six Nations board. Um, they had uh, he got twenty-one videos removed, and what he did was rather than like uh, go for like say, this is your first warning about this. They spread out five over the sort of you know the the quantity of his videos, so this means because he's had more than three strikes, his entire channel could be taken down. Now the videos, like I've said, are very you know informative, entertaining, and you know educational. Um, and as my limited knowledge of copyright law is that you can use certain snippets for satire and for educational purposes. And I feel, firmly feel that these fall under um, the category of videos being for educational purposes, sports educational purposes. Um, and for the six stations to try and like, you know, just wipe these off, I, I don't actually know how many subscribers he's got, but I know loads of people who really enjoy his videos. Um, and it feels like the six stations are basically trying to shut off somebody who's trying to you know educate and include people in the game because rugby can be quite confusing you know i've got loads of pals who be like i would love to watch rugby Wien, but i've got no idea what's going on um <laughs> so yeah so uh yeah that's uh, my little hands in the rock and passion plea for squidge yeah i uh, think i think an update on that so squidge um, from what I've gathered um, from a wee bit of internet research, Squidge has had um, obviously a discussion now with with the, the Six Nations and there has been some sort of agreement it potentially put in place now. That's not confirmed, um, but there, there there is hope that the channel will get, get to continue. Um, I mean, laws be laws and all that, but as you say, there's I think there's often um, a lack of human touch that goes into these sort of decisions. And certainly the press that the Six Nations um, were getting on the back of this, it wasn't a good look for them, was it? Um, no. And particularly when, you know, there's all this talk about uh, CVC potentially investing and Six Nations not being free to air. You know, you think if you're trying to expand the market for the game, something like this, you know, it just, it really turns people off. 
you know, if once things get, you, you look at what's happened to. I'm a bit of a cricket fan, surprisingly enough. Um, <laughs> I, and, and I even, you know what, you know what's worse? I even support England at cricket because I used to watch them getting hammered by the Aussies, and I felt pity. So you know, <laughs> it was like I'm, I'm voting for the underdog. And also, the, like their best ever bowler is called Jimmy Anderson. You know, so that's like the most Scottish name you can think of, pretty much. True. Um, um, and the numbers for that are dropping. Um, England might have won the Cricket World Cup, but you know the the participants are dropping. Uh, actual sort of grassroots investment is dropping. They keep trying to like look to these short format versions of the game to try and bring people back in. And if rugby goes behind a paywall, even more paywalls than already is. It's you know I don't think it's going to be it's not going to work, um, you know maybe make some people money in the short term, but it's going to you know it's going to stop involvement and you know like social investment in the game. I think I think there's definitely something to be said for the way rugby continues to be. So you know yourself obviously having had some of the access to the, um, the press facilities, uh, Ian. Uh, it continues to be quite accessible for the fans to um, get to know the players and actually meet players. And, you know, everybody still, it still has a feel of it being an actual, an, an, an interaction between, you know, there's a mutual respect between the fans and the players that, you know, the players do appreciate the fans coming along and turning up. And, you know, we, Things like Squidge's channel and many, many other, you know, there's lots and lots of very good content out there um, that promotes what, as you say, a, a complicated game to to the um, to the casual fan. I think we're in danger of, um, and this has been coming up for a wee while, and it's it kind it kind of links into my hands and but we'll get there. In a second, um, it does kind of strike me as a sort of over commercialization of the game, and I don't necessarily want to see us. And, and you know, given my uh, previous previous published works, I don't want us to go down the football route with this. Yeah, because I mean, this thing like um, you know the the clips that he's he's using they're very brief. Yes, um, you know it's it. It can't form the whole narrative of the match. Like, for example, like, see, like, you know what's absolutely gotten the uh, the England Scotland thirty each match. I was out all day watching rugby with uh, you know our mutual friend Andy. Yep. Andy Nichol. Yep. Yep. So I met Hello, him. Andy. Met, met him at twelve o'clock in Coopers to watch the Italy France game. Stayed there all day, and I remember I was thinking of leaving at half time because I was that gutted until yep. Stuart McIlroy scored. Then when I get home, we've had a power cut. So um, oh, my, no. record, my recording of the most epic ma- match of all time um, ends at like one point it ends at national anthem and kicks back in when it's like thirty one eighteen. So I, I don't have the greatest game ever. Um, so uh, you know to, to try and reduce people like, like less people were able to watch that. You know, if, if you're trying to say that less people can watch something that remarkable, um, you know, you're just you're just going to cause drive a massive wedge and you know participation, yeah. and it's not going to work. It's you know, 
don't go chasing every last penny. No, I think I think that's a I, I think that's a very solid um, soundbite to 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 end that on. Um, so before I've I've got hands in the ruck as well, but we'll get on to that in a second. Um, we've had a couple of a couple of suggestions. One from a, a certain absent host um, who has said his hands in the ruck was the the players, um, particularly let's let's say particularly French players. They were particularly bad at it. Um, wandering back from an offside position very casually and going between the nine ten passing channel. And just sauntering back like nobody's business, and getting away with it, and you know, slowing Scotland's ball uh, using that. Now, I've watched it back, and it's again glaringly obvious that it's a tactic that they're using, and it wasn't pinged at all, which is yeah interesting. And you know, again, it's one of those things. I hope maybe the officials watch the game back and obviously, you know, they'll be doing a lot of reviews of their performances in the build-up to World Cup and, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen again. That's that's all I'll say. Um, we've also had uh, Martin from the, the Rugby Forum um, has affectionately um, said um, the he wants to call Hans and the Rock on the Forum Roaster Um if you are said forum roaster, um, well done. You've you've made, you, your uh, opinions have finally made it onto air. Congratulations. Um, he there was a certain person who believed that France were being a bit heavy-handed for what was a warm-up match. Um, I can only imagine this this said forum member is perhaps not aware of international rugby and has not experienced it before. Um, because for me, and I'll take your views on this, Ian, but that's just a bit naive, really. Um, a bit, I think, would be um, generous. <laughs> it's it's a rugby match. People are going to smash each other. Um, that's you know, that's the point of the game. Yes, um, it's an international test match. It still counts the ranking points, what have you. Or it may be a warm up match more than that. First about the rope. But, you know, there's people with points to prove and um, people to smash. So, yes. you know, that's, that's what happens. Yes, and ultimately, yeah. if, the, you know, if the outcome of the match is going to result in either you being in a departures lounge or a Witherspoons, then there's going to be smashage. Indeed, smashage makes, makes the world, world go round. <laughs> smashage makes the world go round. No, we'll quite, not. That's quite hard to say that. Actually. Yeah, I was going to say we will not do that five times fast. No. Um, no okay. Not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Okay, we're 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 well cracking on now. So, um, my hands in the ruck. Um, kind of linked into your your point about accessibility to players, and um, the sort of kind of the the, the continued closeness of Scottish rugby. It's it's really interesting that you you regularly. I, 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 guess you're probably the same in the forum and you regularly find yourself looking up people's names going oh i wonder if they're related to such and such and being surprised when it's their mum brother best friends aunties dogs whoever um i i had an issue with some of the criticism that came the players way and i'm not for one suggesting that the players didn't deserve to be criticized for that match 
and for the way they played. I had a problem with the personal nature of some of the criticism, particularly when we have this um, really special community whereby we keep, we have access to players. We 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 know players' families. We know players look at these private forums in particular, private pages, blogs, whatever. Players have access to this, and some of the stuff that was written. Particularly on, and I'm going to I'm going to be pretty brutal about this. I think on Saturday night, perhaps after a couple of, a couple too many shandies from some people, there was some absolute nonsense written about players. Um, in particular, and I, I I assume this was done jokingly, but there was criticism of Darcy Graham's hair. You know, that's just one example, and you know that can, that can be a quite a. Um, quite a funny thing, his hair does look a bit daft, but it was in the context of his performance, and I I just, I, I really feel quite strongly that we are starting to get into a situation where we think we can hide behind our internet profiles and our, our internet anonymity, and we have no respect for what is a bunch of quite young guys and some of the things we're saying to to them indirectly is out of order um i agree with that 100 percent um you know we're supposed to be encouraged you know us fans we're supposed to be encouraging that doesn't mean that uh you can't criticize you know, we've we've done that already. You know, yeah, absolutely. As we do, we say like we don't think this guy's good as this guy or this guy. This is the fault here. This is the issue here. And obviously, you know, we're just fans. Um, you know, like everyone listens to this, we watch the games and we go, "This is these are the issues," or "This is what where I think we can get better at." When it just comes to personal stupid stuff like that, and I also saw somebody had commented about Adam Hastings, it's like how. You know, he, oh, because he's got nice hair and nice teeth. He doesn't take the game seriously and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you're like Roy Keane rambling in a pub in Cork, moaning about somebody wearing red boots. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, people allowed their, you know, you don't have to, like, if you're a professional sportsman, it doesn't mean you have to walk about in a tracksuit 24 7. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's just hair and shoes. If they do the business on the pitch, which most of the time Adam Hastings does, yeah, then it's fine. Yeah, there was there was a lot of chat about. Um, I remember our, our our man Finn getting a lot of chat previously that he wasn't taking it seriously because he was smiling and laughing and things like that. And again, as you say, it's 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 players players have their... This might be a surprise to some fans, but players do have personalities and they do have their individual traits. And guess what? There's people that get paid a hell of a lot more money than me, you, and most people who are paid to ensure that those players are the right players to wear the Scottish jersey. And, you know, we can go on about... Obviously, we've given our opinions tonight. And frankly... That's all they are. Their opinions, we're fans, we've given given our say. It means absolutely hee-haw. And thankfully, there's a guy with years and years of rugby experience, both at, you know, 
both within the SRU at Glasgow, but also having travelled the world playing rugby, there's a guy who's paid to make these decisions about whether players are taking it seriously, whether players are the right player to be playing rugby. And um, it's it's quite interesting because I I think, and yeah, I know know I'm rambling on very slightly with this, but... um, there's a there's a really interesting thing with uh, Pixar, who obviously a very very successful company, um, and they they do a thing where they have this mantra, where when it comes to giving feedback, they they talk about it's it's about the work, not the person, and that that kind of really stuck with me because it's it should never be about and this is where it comes into you know talking about guys like Chris Harris or. Byron McGuigan or guys that we maybe just don't fancy. Coaches are not paid to think, I don't really fancy that guy as a player. I'm going to uh, exclude him. They're paid to see what's in front of them, to judge what's in front of them, and then put the best team on the park. We as fans have every right to criticise, but we should be criticising the work, not the person. Absolutely. And, you know, if... uh... You know, it's not like um, the person goes out to perform badly. Sometimes you just have an off day. And maybe sometimes that's a confidence issue as well. Quite a lot of time. You know, you look at Finn Russell's last season at Glasgow. You know, he was he was pretty muck. Um, he was pretty, pretty bad, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, we're talking about somebody who we both massively rate, um, as we've already said. Um, but, you know, that's confidence, uh, you know, Treating people with respect, uh, you know, making sure people players are happy. A happy player is a good player. Um, <laughs> For some reason, I have, I yeah. have in my head, a happy cow is a good cow. <laughs> what's, that, what's that from? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but it's just came in was my it, head. So, you know, so some, sometimes an angry player is a good player as well, but we don't seem to have a lot of them. Um, so, you know, as long as we keep people like Finn Russell happy, we're good. Well, I, I think that's as good a place as any to to end. I I hope that you've enjoyed um, the slight change of pace from uh, from the normal format. Um, our our uh, divine leader will be back next week. He is um, he is uh, fortunately is holidaying uh, quite close to to Murrayfield, so he's going to go and cover the game. And he'll be back with the podcast next week. I don't know who's going to be on with him because um, that's how much we plan in advance. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you all for, for listening, I guess. And uh, I guess that's all from me and all from you, Ian. Yeah, bye. We miss you, Cammy. Bye, Cammy. We miss you. We love you, man. When Cameron was in Egypt's land.